Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm with Mick McCarthy at the Knightsbrook Hotel in Mead this morning. And we're here, Mick, for a very special reason, because the FAI AGM and Festival of Football is coming here in July. It is, and myself and Colin Bell, the ladies' uh, football team manager, here to promote it. Uh, and it's great, yeah. I mean, well, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there in July. Um, but fabulous place here as well in the Knightsbrook, it's great. 38 clubs in me, and the intention is to visit them all and incorporate them into this special week. Yeah, and I believe it's, is it 40 years old this year, the, the league? So it's something to celebrate. Uh, it'll be great. I mean, it's the fact that we're promoting football around the country as well as anything else, but certainly here in Meath in July. And I think it's great because we've got the seven, I was down at the 17s last night watching them. They drew, so they're still in that. They've got Belgium to play the 19s, they're doing well. Uh, you know, and thankfully we won our first two games. So football's got a bit, bit more of a smile on its face at the moment. It's been difficult I suppose in terms of being a football fan in Ireland in recent months because yes on the field going really well and you've made a fantastic start but all the headlines are about the off the field stuff does that affect you guys? Yeah that's been sad and I've been at pains to go into Abbottstown into our training ground, our complex and just make people aware that the good that they are doing, the coaches, the staff, the administration staff all the people in there that, hey, by the way, the FAI is still a really good associate. There's done a lot of good. I see the ground, I see the training ground and everything that goes on now and all the teams and all the youngsters that are playing, the ladies who are playing. So there's still a lot to be proud of. But it has been tough for them because I think people have, you know, it's like, oh, well, the FAI. Well, actually, there's more good than bad involved in it. And that's, that's my message I'm trying to say to the people, who, we that work for it, and keep your heads up and keep doing your jobs and they're doing it really well. Uh, but it has, yeah, it's been a little bit tough, I think, for uh, for people who've been working and certainly within the uh, within Abbottstown complex. The start has been marvellous for you. That night in Gibraltar, you nicked the win there and then you won the second game as well. You sit top of the group. You have two games coming up shortly. You go to Denmark and then you have Gibraltar coming to Dublin. Two wins, I'm sure. That's the aim of the game, to go there. It'll be a tough one in Denmark. It will. Uh, This is what it's all about. And and Michael Higgins said to me, going out at the Sean Cox game, Celtic versus uh, Ireland, I just met him and he just said to me, Mick, it's it's football. That's what it's all about. And that is what it's all about. You know, and I hopefully that uh, the performance certainly against Georgia put a smile back on a few people's faces and I think it brought a few voices back despite the tennis ball I think what was great about that is that we scored at that time and if you see Glenn Whelan in that cap where he picked the ball up and threw the ball into the crowd I'm not saying he was going to shout and said but it was you know it was joy all round for the players and for the supporters as well so I'm glad we got off to a good start now we've got 
Denmark or in Copenhagen. Listen, that's a much tougher task than than the two that we've just played. And I'm not I'm not dismissing those because those were hard games that we both had. But we all know Denmark and Switzerland are the best two teams in the group. Can we upset them? Well, we've done it before. We did it when it was Yugoslavia and Croatia, and we did it when it was Portugal and Holland. So I'm anticipating we do it when it's Denmark and Switzerland. The search for a striker has been something that's been talked about a lot. And from you came in as well, you've had a, a few player issues, but to get somebody that'll consistently score goals, does that go on? And the other thing is, of course, Shane Long has hit a rich vein of form in the final games of the season. He has, yes. Shane's been... He's a long time, not, not scored many goals in the last couple of years. He's had a number of injuries. He came into the squad and he was injured. And then goes back, gets his chance. What's he got, four in five or something? He's, he's done really well. We'll know his ability. He's been a Premier League footballer probably for the last 10 years. So he's got quality. We know he's got that. He's, he's a, a reputation of a, of a Premier League footballer that certainly, even if he doesn't score, he's a handful to play against. But I, I was looking at the last time when we came in. I got Alan Brown had scored 12 goals. I'd got Callum O'Dowd had got seven. I got Ronan Curtis who got eight. <laughs> None of them were fit. But uh, Scott Hogan came back, scored the goal that probably sealed it for Sheffield United uh, to get promoted. Uh, Callum Robinson's come back and scored, as we said, Shane Longers. David McGoldrick was brilliant mm. in the games. And Sean Maguire, although he's not scored for a while, he has been playing at Preston pretty much most of the season since he's got all of his injuries. And we got goals from midfield in the last two games with Connor and Jeff Hendricks. So, look, it's things to be positive about. What's it been like coming back to the international scene for you? You've been here before, you've had the break, you've been deeply involved in club management across the water. Is it a big adjustment? Is it, is it a totally different thing to club management where you're day-to-day hands-on? I think it's a bigger adjustment going back. If, if after this, I go back then to 46 games a season, if I'm in the Championship plus Cup games, you're doing 50-odd games, as opposed to 10 games in a year. That's that's the big adjustment now for me. I think I probably found it not hard, I've never found it hard, but different when I did it the first time, going from league management to only having probably ten games a year. And I was younger. I did it when I was thirty six. I'm sixty now. Maybe I can have a bit more perspective on life and I've got three grandkids that I get to see a bit more. So I'm enjoying that part of it. But nevertheless I'm still travelling back and forth and up in the country watching games and, and you know, that's uh, it's time-consuming, but it's brilliant, and I love it. But what I love more than anything is when we get together. You're scouting regularly. You're out watching players. You're just back from Holland from a game there as well. What about this pool of talent? You mentioned you were 36 when you were last here. You're 60 now. There's been a lot of changes in Irish football and the football scene, especially in England as well. Is the pool of Irish players as great as the previous time you were Irish manager? The pool of Irish players is the pool I have, and that. So my job is to make that as best as it possibly can be. If uh, and it's always it's always detrimental anyway to start talking about saying it's not as good as it was, but that, it comes and it's it's that's in uh, it's kind of cyclical. I think that players come and go, and somebody has a good squad of youth players that come through. Manchester United did it and won everything. We haven't seen any for a long time. You know, so we had this really good group of young players when I took the the, the squad the first time, when it, it was it, the word transition, but it was. 
There was John Aldis and Quinn, or Quinn stayed on and Kaz stayed on, but they're all in the letter. Ray Houghton, Andy Townsend, there's a lot retired and a lot I had to sort of ease out in a, in a, in a way when, when it got to the point, new players. Then we get Damien Duff, Robbie King, Kev Kilban, Gary Breen, Ian Hart, uh, Mark Kinsler, Matty Holland. You know, we had some blooming good players there. And what we did have is a couple of real stars, I would say, in, in Robbie and Duffer. Um, they stood out, they were, a, they were a shining light. Have we got any of them? I don't know, it's up to the players to to shine when they play. And you know what, in the last game against Georgia, they did. And and that's that's my job, to get the best out of what I have. I'll tell you, I've got good players. And over and above that, I've got really good characters and really good professionals and good people who want to do well for the country and enjoyed being in the last two games. The Premier League, you mentioned the players of your previous era and all of those names played the trade in the top division in England. Today, it's more difficult. The clubs have wads of money. They buy players from all over the world and Irish players, you don't see them popping up as regularly as in the past. Coming back home for a minute to the League of Ireland here and you have players in your squad at the moment who've cut their teeth in the league and then moved across the way. Do you ever think about that or is that not on your radar about the League of Ireland here and the need to develop that league into the future. Well, you know, I've I've been out watching mm. the games mm. for the League of Ireland myself, Robbie, TC. We're trying to get around and watch the games, uh, and that's out of interest to see because I don't want somebody saying to me, "Oh, you have never seen such a body," and there are some I haven't seen, of course. Uh, but pretty much between us, we've seen them all. Uh, we all know that the best players will leave to go to play in England or play somewhere else that is. That, well, they get paid more. Let's let's cut to the quick. It's not about you know. Is it a more competitive league? Yes, it is. But if they're going to go to the Championship or Premier League, they get paid vast amounts of money compared to what they will get paid here. And I've seen some of the games, and I think the standards improved considerably here. The way the teams play, the football that they play. Uh, I, I, I love the. Well, I did. I, I started. I love the start of the game of uh, of Rovers and Bows, which was great, great atmosphere. And then two players get sent off kind of ruined the game but the standard has definitely improved but if you can stop the best players leaving then it'll continue to improve and it'll thrive but they're always going to leave because if you're in the second division in England you'll go to play in the championship if in the first division you get to play in the Premier League you'll leave it's and you're never going to stop players they want to they want to improve they want to impress they want to have better careers they want to earn the money but the league here can continue to improve and hold a better quality of player if the clubs are better and there's more for them here at home. Absolutely, it's a no-brainer. And of course, the other thing is the uh, the facilities that they have. You know, I, I see the facilities that we have now with the FAI, the Aviva Stadium. I played in Lansdowne. I lost one competitive game in Lansdowne as a manager and I love the place and I love playing there. But the Aviva Street's better, much, much better. Uh, the training ground, we didn't have a training ground we used to beg, steal and borrow from people and it was dreadful, now we've got Abbottstown and it's fantastic and I see Shamrock Rovers, the ground there that they've got and I know Bowes are developing theirs they're going to use it at six, six or 8,000 seat at the stadium so it's, it's being developed it's being done better but players have to have the facilities they have to have a good training ground they have to have good coaches they have to be looked after and that is a big part of it you know, if, you, if you're training you're putting your jumpers down for nets and you have to beg, steal and borrow for parks they will want to move. 
Uh, but I see it. You see it being developed, and it's it's far better than I was here when when I was here 17, 18, 19, 20 years ago. Across the water, let's talk about the football there for a moment. I think of two of your previous clubs and the difference between both of them at this juncture. Wolves with the big investment, what a season, first time in the Premier League in years, and look what they've achieved. And Ipswich Town falling to League One, should I say, at the moment. It's a real contrast. Does it just sum it up, Mick? Is it about money, the investment in clubs and playing? Well, Wolves were in the Premier League in 2012, and, and that's I left February, February 14th, 2012. Valentine's Day. It wasn't a very good one, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and they got relegated twice. They went. Rele- they got relegated the turn to the Championship, and they went to the First Division. I mean, if I look at it in in terms of uh, Matt Doherty's development, that was probably the best thing for him, but not for Wolves, because he played them for two seasons, Championship, and he's now a very good. Premier League footballer, but it was devastating for Wolves. It and it, it didn't. It was only when uh, Forsen, I think it is, who own it now, uh, and they, they've had a number of managers, but until they got um, Nuno Peter Santos in, and all. I mean, the investment they they spent forty million in the Championship or something. Some of their players were standout Premier League footballers and have been this year. <laughs> so they won it and they've done it they've had a great season I tipped them for top 10 well they're going to finish 7th uh, Ipswich is a completely different thing that was you know there's no, not been a great deal of investment in it although they spent more money this year on players and I think I spent in 5 years uh, but that pretty much was selling some of the ones I'd bought in like Wagon for a quarter of a million was sold for 5 million uh, Webster came in for about three quarters, went for three and a half. So they've, they've, they've got money back from those investments. I feel desperately sad for a lot of people at the club. Certainly the... Uh, I mean, I had great support from Marcus Evans. Personally, we didn't have financially. Uh, for the staff, for the players that were there with me that worked so hard. We finished 12th last year. They were they're great lads. And then to be getting relegated and having... 50-60% wage cuts that, that'll, that'll cut the positivity I think when they all come back next season so I feel desperately sad for them the club's great and the majority of the fans were brilliant but the keyboard warriors and the ones that hounded me out for 18 months well I said it before you know they, uh, they got what they deserved I'm afraid What about this Premier League race just one game to go now and uh, City ahead just ahead of Liverpool Liverpool have Wolves in Anfield the weekend and City go to Brighton, who are safe and sound at this stage. Is it City's title, Mick? Well, was it was it your comment? You said they were nervous last night. <laughs> I did, I did. I said it when we were talking early on. I thought they were a little nervy till they got the goal. You're not kidding me, Sherlock. Are you? Well, because <laughs> <gonna say, well, laughs> uh, they're nervous, it doesn't matter how good they are. I, I thought against Burnley they were nervous, and I think Daichi had said, "Your yeah, Daichi's a good man of mine." And they were saying, "Stick it in the corner," which is what Daichi and me would have been saying against them if we if we won nil up. And it's just as I said. They've, well, said Alex said it, the, the squeaky bum time, you know. Uh, it really is. And I think Liverpool had it. They, they, they had it in the grasp of their hands. I thought, that were they, were they six points clear or four points? And then they drew two games. And then City went on and nailed a couple. Uh, <clears throat> that was their nervous period. And then Liverpool seems to have played with... I think when you're chasing, you're playing with a little bit more gay abandon than you are doing when you're trying to fend people off. 
Uh, and I've seen that when you know if you drop out of the top six, suddenly it's like, well, we're not in the top six, we've got to get back. If you're hanging on in the top six with the skin of your teeth, you're worried like hey, you don't play very well. You know, if I could analyse it and make it, if I could change that, I'd make billions, but I can't. So is it City's title? Yeah, they're going to Brighton on Sunday. Brighton have had a couple of good results. They've been a bit stoic and defended well. Had a, a good point against uh, Wolves away, Arsenal away. I don't see City letting it slip now. And it is, it's sad for Liverpool. They've been a great. They've had a great season. Finished with more points than ever. But City have just they've been better. Mick, listen, thanks for uh, joining us today on Late Lunch. Really do appreciate it. I wish you well. And I just have to tell this as we were here in the Knightsbrook moving around and the goodwill for Mick and the team is just fantastic. Some ladies there wishing you well with the games coming up. Good luck in Denmark and against Gibraltar. You're, you're right. Thank you for that. And you're right. I've had nothing but goodwill. It's been fabulous. And you're right. The, the lady that said to me coming up the stairs and, and, and not intrusive at all, just look, hey, Mick, the very best of luck. And that, that has been lovely. Uh, and we really appreciate it. So, thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.